0: Hello everyone, um, this is Tracy Stewart, uh, speaking to you from beautiful South Carolina. I wanna thank Pastor Jared and um, Andrew for contacting me and asking me to just um, share a word of encouragement with you. I know that where you're at in um, England and things being locked down, they're actually locked down pretty much all over the world. But um, there's just no reason not to have uh, just a wonderful, um, powerful, Totally alone time with God, you know, discouragement seems to set in in situations like this. This is what I've been dealing with with other churches and um, other Christians all over the U.S., Um, whether I've gone to do meetings for them uh, just recently or um, if I've spoken to them online. um, The power of discouragement is one of the most brutal things a Christian can go through. Uh, years and years and years ago, there was um, a movie that came out, um old Christmas classic called It's a Wonderful Life. And in the movie, God is, um, there's this picture of the earth in outer space, the stars, it's dark, but you hear the voice of God. He's actually supposedly, I think, talking to Michael. And he says, we've got a problem. We've got to send some angel to help this man on earth. His name was George Bailey, and uh, the movie was It's a Wonderful Life. And so they they picked this um, angel that's kind of failed a little bit before, but the Lord says, I'm going to give him a chance to do this. So they summon this angel named Clarence, and they tell Clarence that this is absolutely imperative that he doesn't fail at this mission, that this man is in horrible trouble. There's um, it's a brutal uh, situation, and Clarence says, "Well, what is wrong with him? Is he is he sick? Is he terminal? What's happened to him?" And the Lord says, "No, it's worse than that. He's discouraged." I believe one of the worst things that can happen to the church to distract them is the power of discouragement. So I just want to speak to you just for a few minutes to lift your heads and lift your hearts, lift your eyes to the author and the finisher of your faith today. So if you'll turn, if you've got your Bible with you to Numbers 21, verse 4, it says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor to the way of the Red Sea to go around to the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged because of the way. Another translation will say it "became they became discouraged on the way because of the way God led them. And the people spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people. And many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be to everyone who um, is bitten when he looks at it they shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if the serpent had bitten anyone, when they looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, when he says, you gotta look at this serpent, there is an absolutely intentional context here. It means you set your eyes on it, don't take your eyes off of it. No matter what is slithering around you, you keep your eyes on the serpent on the pole, which represents Jesus becoming sin for us. I know you're very well-educated church and you know that, but what is um, powerful and what put them in this situation was that there were three things happening. They got discouraged because of the way, the why, and the weight. Those three things totally devastated these people. And I believe that it's where we get sometimes in our impatience and in our um, hoping to see and not seeing. So, um, but at any rate, I just want you to know that the, The most powerful thing the enemy uses probably daily, and it works constantly, is this power of discouragement. So let's just talk about the way for a second. It's when you thought it would come one way, but God chose to do it another way. And um, I think it was Heidi Baker that said, you cannot tell God what he is going to do with you. And there has to be this um, surrender People have these preconceived, they presuppose when they think they've heard God, and and sometimes they have heard God, but they've got their own idea on how God's going to get this thing done. And in my experience with this, I've never been right. Um, And I've tried to learn, and I have to discipline myself here, I've tried to learn not to let my mind go there. I'm just, I need to stay relaxed and very surrendered and just let the Lord do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. Okay. So, but at any rate, um, God wants to do it another way. You thought it would be an easy way and actually the Lord might take you through a wilderness way. So welcome to the ministry. <laughs> and that's where you just have to toughen up buttercup and learn to relax and learn to trust God. He actually. Is God. And if He's said something, He's the one that's going to bring it to pass. He's the one that's going to bring you into it. Also, it was the way, the why. And when um, we don't have answers the way we think we should have answers, remember the children said, the children of Israel said, Why have you brought us this way? There's no water. There's no food. We hate what God has supplied for us. We loathe this bread from heaven, which is just bizarre to me. Um This sweet bread that God dropped on the ground every morning. In other words, I think because they were so used to fulfilling themselves with instant gratification that uh, they wanted to lean back into their own idols. And Jesus just wasn't enough. The bread of heaven was not enough. And when you get to where you're looking for something else to fulfill you, it's a fatal mistake. It will never satisfy you. Your idols Whatever it is, whether if I had another, uh, if I just had a boyfriend, if I just had a husband, if I just had a house, if I just had a different job, none of that is going to satisfy you, but there is bread from heaven this sweet bread from heaven, this this Jesus. And in the middle of everything looking wrong and going wrong, looks like you're in a desert and in a famine. He can satisfy the longing of your soul. So that's where the the surrendering of the why has to happen in our lives. And then the third thing is waiting. Oh my goodness. I am going to admit to you openly that I am the most impatient person in the whole kingdom of God I I just um, want what I want when I want it. And on top of that, I'm very short fuse, which means you can light a match in England and I'm going to blow up in South Carolina immediately. So with those combinations of things, that's actually just the lack of the working of the spirit of self-control. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's a lack of temperance. And when we're there, um, we get set up for the enemy. And that the best way to battle the waiting is to fill your your day with one-on-one sweet fellowship with the Lord, worship. And there's all kinds of tools that are provided for us. I mean, I believe that the body of Christ is the most spoiled group of people on the planet compared to all the other generations before us. We've got CDs, MP3s. We've got YouTube. We've got people uh, preaching to us. We've got bookstores full of books, full of information. And we should be probably the most powerful people on the planet. But um, there we go. It's, It's about really, Jesus said it this way, let my word abide in you. And then you abide in me. Then you ask what you will, because everything you will is going to change to God's will, and then it's going to be given. So there's an abiding that the body of Christ um, needs to get into, and regardless of whether you thank God for lockdown or uh, leaner times, it is an opportunity to do what you said you wish you had time to do before that you didn't have time to do. I'm amazed at the people that said, "Oh, if I just had the time, I would spend it with the Lord. I would spend it in worship. I would spend it in the word." Yet during the last year of lockdown, um they've not done any of that. They've sat in front of a television and or got on Facebook and just complained about how miserable their life is. And um anyway, um How's that working out for you? So, they were discouraged because of the way. They were discouraged because of the why. And they were discouraged because of the waiting. that, That combination just breeds discouragement. And one of the things that I've learned too in the middle of all of this is if you compare your life with someone else's, let's just say someone else is not discouraged. They're not in a waiting place. They're not wondering why things aren't happening. They're, they're not um, discouraged because of the way things are going. It's very easy to compare yourself to someone else, but that is one of the worst things you could ever do. Just celebrate where they're at. Don't compare yourself because you'll lose your peace. You'll lose your energy. You'll lose your focus. Um, we're not all in the same place, but the thing about this is, and I'll I'll speak about this in a second, that God is the God of seasons. And if someone is in their due season, you should be encouraged because it only means that there is a season coming to you because he doesn't um, lie. He's not a man that he can lie. And, He's gonna bring about the working of his word, the working of his promise to pass in your life. So don't compare yourself to anyone else. It's it's not a good idea at all. Um, so, and, and in the mix of that, um, if, if you are comparing yourself and you're not where you think you wanna be, look back on all the things that God has already done for you. He has done more in our lives than we ever deserved. And if he never did another thing for us, we have, uh, we have enough to celebrate and worship him over and praise him over for the next 50 millenniums. I mean, God, the fact that we even got saved is absolutely miraculous. So I wanna encourage you that with that. Um, now, let's go back to your due season. Discouragement has a way of locking in on top of us when we um, try to force fruit before its season. We try to force the promise to come to pass before the timing of God is in order, in proper place in our lives. G- Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, and I'm just going to really slow it down so you can hear this. It says, as long as the earth remains, dot, dot, dot. There is seed time and harvest. So let me slow it down. As long as the earth remains, this is a law of God. The seed is the word of God. This is New Testament. The sower sows the seed. It lands on stony ground. It lands on good ground. It lands on the ground with the thorns. The the sower sows the seed. Jesus later says, the seed is the word of God. So we won't talk about your ground or your heart, but what we'll talk about is, there's a due season, okay? There is seed, time, and harvest. And again, time has a way of wearing us out. Time, I think, is the number one thing that hell uses against us. So just hear the Genesis scripture again. As long as the earth remains, there is seed, time, and harvest. So don't let time Rob you. Don't let yourself, don't let your eyes fall off of the Lord and his promise just because it's taking more time than you would like. Okay. Um, Galatians 6 9 says, and let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season, that is such a powerful phrase, due season, we will reap if we faint not. I, my husband said a few weeks ago that there is no expiration date. On the promise of God, God's expiration date does not expire. And then He was also dealing with the fact that we are a, a bit white-haired and uh, looks like we're old, but um, our inner man is renewed day by day. I just want you to know that. However, um, He said that there is no age limit. There's no expiration date. There's no age limit. To God fulfilling his promise. Then there's a lot of people that believe that after you get to a certain age, well, you just sit back and coast. I believe that in Joel, it says that our old men, that's mankind, men and women will dream dreams. And it goes back to Abraham. When Abraham was old and it was already impossible. Sarah could never have a child, not when she was 16. It's past impossible. God gives him a dream. He walks him out and says, look at the sky. Your, your descendants will be as many as the stars of the heaven. Then he takes him to the seashore. Look at the sands. Your descendants will be as many as the, the sand on the shore. And, and it wasn't for, um, You know, this is never going to come to pass and someday someone will finally see this happen. He took an old man, gave him a dream that only a young man could have and fulfilled it in this old man. And if God is God and he's given you a promise, it doesn't matter how old you are. He is still going to fulfill that promise. The only condition with this is you don't let go. The Bible says that the words that God speaks are alive. They're sharp. They're powerful. And when he sends it also, it says, it's not allowed to come back to him without producing in you what he sent it to do, which means the word all by itself, without your help, has a self-fulfilling power. Because now the only problem, the problem is that you when you receive it, you don't let go. Not ma- doesn't matter how you feel, doesn't matter what you're looking at, doesn't matter what they say, doesn't matter what the world is doing. You don't let go. And that, that scripture, that promise, that word that he gave you will fulfill itself. It can't come back to him without fulfilling itself in your life. And that's why the scripture is just encouraging us, don't be weary. You know what that actually means? It says, don't be a coward. It's not just about being tired or tired of it. It's about letting go. And to be discouraged means that courage has been dislodged from your inner man. Discouraged means that courage has been drained out of you. And so the the deal is discouragement creates cowards. And so don't be a coward. Don't let go. Don't faint. God is still going to do what he said he was going to do. Um, anyway, and with this, with the, um, I hope you're enjoying this. I am not bored at all, but I you know we're we're on screen, so I I can't see you, but I this just lights me on fire. With this promise, um I began to to look through weariness and well-doing and uh and due season thing. And God is about this timing. So I I found that even when Jesus came, um I think I forgot to Put this, no, it's Galatians 4.4. 4. It says, when the fullness of time came or in the fullness of time, God sent his son. I love this because people believe that there's more evil on the earth than it's ever been on the earth before. And we're facing things that nobody else has faced. But Jesus came in the fullness of time. In other words, there could not be any more sin. There could not be any more darkness in a man's heart. There could not be any more demonic influence on the planet. It was at the fullness of it. And Jesus came in the fullness of that time because God had a timing on this fullness of time. And also it says about the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, verse one, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. In other words, God's not late, God's God's on time. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to get us to where he wants us to be. But there is a timing in God and I just wanna encourage you with that. One of the symptoms of discouragement when this happens is a loss of vision. Now this might help you locate yourself what that means is you just can't see how this is going to happen also i believe it's um it's mixed with a little bit of confusion maybe i didn't hear god maybe maybe i'm just being vain maybe um, I've never heard God. People even get back to when the discouragement really sets in, maybe I'm not even saved. Maybe this is all fake. That is a marker of um, discouragement sitting on a person way too long. So um, things become fuzzy. Um, it, and I, oh, my goodness. The, one of the best New Testament examples of this happening to someone. Before I say this, I'm, I'm just going to um, defend who I'm talking about right now is John the Baptist. I love what Jesus said about him. The power of this is just phenomenal. He said, there's none greater than John, none. It means that John did every single solitary thing right. He never fell, he never slipped, he didn't pause. What he was born for, he fulfilled. No no one obeyed God better than John. Yet, now, John, like everyone else, had this idea about Jesus not just coming as a Savior. Their mix of Savior wasn't about being cleansed from sin, although it's all through the Old Testament, but their mix of Savior was Messiah. We want someone to come in here, here we go, and straighten this government out. See, Jesus lived in times just like ours. And I want you to see he never lost his peace. He didn't get caught up in all kinds of political wrangling. He didn't get mad at people because of what they believe or didn't believe. His focus was, I must be about my father's business, regardless of government. But there is coming a day where the, the sword comes out of his mouth that he's the kingdoms of this world, I'm quoting a scripture, have become the kingdoms of our God. That day is coming. But John and everyone else thought that day is right now. Hey, you need to, you need to pull down this Roman government here, Jesus, and you need to get me out of jail and I'm suffering for you. And hey, maybe, okay. And so he, he's been beaten up pretty bad. He's in jail. He's in a very dark prison um where there's no daylight. And it is said, um from history that John actually was losing his sight it had been so long since he'd been in the daylight that he's actually losing his sight so he sends his disciples to Jesus and I love what he says are you the one we've been looking for or should we expect another can i read that scripture to you just to um to help you um i believe i'll do it out of uh this probably is either um The message translation or the passion, it's Luke 7, 20 says, and when they came before the master, they asked him, are you the coming Messiah? We've been expecting or are we to continue to look for someone else? Now, just remember, they're being sent by John who had an epiphany. Now, John's his first cousin, but nowhere do we see John all this time having private meetings with Jesus discussing that he is the lamb. John sees him walking across um the pathway of the river he looks up and it it hits him behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world I mean this is just astronomical so but he's the one and I love the scripture where it says and John um Said he's the lamb that takes away the sins of the world and this, the disciples heard John and followed Jesus. And that's preaching at its best right there. But that being said, he knew who he was. He had this just like you and I do. We know what we've heard. Yet time passes and enough bad things happen and we begin to wonder if we ever heard God at all. So I love the translation it that, um, that I'm reading out of. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or are we to continue to look for someone else? John the prophet has sent us to you to seek your answer. This translation says, without answering, without answering, Jesus turned to the crowd and healed many incurable diseases, His miracle power freed many from their suffering. He restored the gift of sight to the blind and he drove out demonic spirits from those who were tormented. Only then did Jesus answer the question posed by John's disciples. He says, now go back, Tell John what you have just seen and heard here today. The blind are now seeing, the crippled are now walking. Those who were deaf are now hearing. Those who are dead are now raised back to life. The poor and broken are given the hope of salvation. And tell John these words. And I believe the Lord's telling us these words today. The blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me, no matter what happens. Now I'm going to give you the Tracy Stewart translation to that. Blessed is he who is not offended in me when I do not perform according to your expectations. Wow. Wow. Now you know that Jesus goes on to defend John a bit, but I am, I'm telling you there's something to this. I've, I've got to be so surrendered that even when I don't understand, I'm gonna give God my why. Lord, I'm just gonna give you my why. You wanna answer this, you can. If you don't ever answer it, I still believe you. I would like to say this in my own life. If I don't see what I wanna see, I do let God correct me if I've missed God somehow. That I do not wanna be left to myself if I've missed God. However, I'm just gonna surrender my why and man, the peace of God that happens in your life when this happens is just phenomenal. Blessed is he was not offended in me when I do not perform according to his expectations. You can't tell God what he's going to do with you. And um, people say they're surrendered, but they still have their agenda that they wrap scriptures around. And then they quote the scriptures with their own agenda, not because God has said it, but they have their own agenda and their own idea. And then when it doesn't happen, they're angry at God when they need to look at themselves and realize, you know, I really didn't surrender. I I wanted God to do what I wanted him to do, but I'm going to let him be God. And if I never see things or I don't see what even other people have prophesied, I'm just going to be keep my faith in him no matter what happens. Okay, Um, discouragement, like with John, will cause you to doubt everything you've ever heard previously. Do not stay alone in your discouragement. If you can't get it off of you for whatever reason, um, maybe you just don't have a very deep word level in your own life, um, that's okay. You you do not isolate. I believe isolation is very deadly. And I know with lockdown, a lot of people are scourged with that. But the truth is because of the technology we have today, my goodness, I don't even have to know people um, for them to be my friend. And I can't tell you the books that are in our library of people that I've never personally met But they have spoken into my life in discouragement by way of their own testimony or their their teachings or whatever. So if you want discouragement broken off of you and you don't want to live in isolation, even if you're not around people, number one, you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You have the word that's alive and sharp and powerful. But also in this day and age, we have access to so much stuff that we don't have to stay there. My golden key, the the weapon of choice in my personal life, no matter what was happening, whether I had been diagnosed terminal or whether I had um, uh, just been devastated by the wounds of other people, no matter what, my weapon of choice, the thing that God used most in my life is praise and worship. And in the mix of that. Um, I don't know why. I think worship is one of the highest levels of faith. because, And I think that it's a gift from God because your tongue is the rudder, the scripture says, to your entire body. And so, and your body, which means your body is subject to your spirit. And the, the power of life and death is in your tongue. So God's just made a way for us to win. And I want to encourage you. I want to talk you in to winning today. You don't have to be discouraged because of the way, the desert, what you don't understand, the why, or the wait. No matter what, God is, God is here. I love that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He will never divorce us. No, not ever, even to the ends of the earth. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is living, dwelling in your mortal body. And we don't have to live discouraged. And um, I just wanna pray for you right now. I wish I was there, I really do. I miss England so much. I just, I know that God is going to sweep the United Kingdom. I know that he has not forgotten the seed that England has sown into the entire world to see the gospel preached. And so I want you to be encouraged that you reap what you sow. And even if past generations sowed it, you water it, and God is about to bring a bumper crop of his goodness into that land. I love the scripture that says, one of the scriptures that says, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's a, I apologize, I actually don't have that down, but I know this, that he gives us beauty for ashes, and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of expressive praise for the spirit of heaviness. But before it says that, it says, arise and shine, get up from the prostration in which and de- the depression in which circumstances have kept you there isn't an arising, And it says that the glory of the Lord will rise upon us. And sometimes just you got to take this simple step, just just literally step up. If you got to walk around your house and just lift your hands, do it. Doesn't matter if it feels like, um, you know, it's dust coming out of your mouth, just do it by faith. And you're going to find that the wells of salvation, the joy of the Lord, that uh, this the springs of salvation. You know, you ought to enjoy your own salvation. Even if you're by yourself, you ought to be enjoying your own salvation. You get up and start praising and worshiping, just declaring what God's word has said. And you're going to find that your emotions will have to come along and agree with that. So I want to pray for you. Okay. And again, um, Pastor Jared and um, Andrew, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I, I just value it so much, and I'm with you there in spirit.